To Fantasy Focus Football. It is Friday, mm-hmm. September 22nd. My name is Daniel Dapp, joined by Stefania Bell and Field Jates. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you can save. We've got a quick Thursday night preview. We are a recap we are going to get through. We have got so many things about our week three preview that we are going to get into. But first and foremost, really quickly, Stefania. <laughs> Rosie yes. was very excited that on her birthday yesterday, she got to celebrate a 49ers win on your behalf. The 49ers look pretty good. I, th- I felt like it was a gift for both of us. I gave it to her, and I yes. also earned that victory. We is she a fandom. 49ers fan? And I just found this out right now. She is not. She's a Lions fan. But I was going to say. she will vicariously live through Stefania because Stefania is her favorite one on the show. Oh, I do that when Stefania goes yeah, to the goes. Amalfi Coast. Like, I've never <laughs> been there, but I've geotagged it on Instagram, so I've practically been there. If yes. only I could teleport myself there right now right now well i'll tell you what we're going to teleport ourselves to the injury reports to find wow. you because you do so many things for all of us it's a great fantasy, segue making right sure there that we're set up for our week three lineup so let's dive right into it a lot of injuries to get to austin eckler has been dealing with an ankle injury we did not see him last week fantasy managers had to deal with joshua kelly instead Will we see Austin Eckler here in week three? It still remains a mystery, Daniel, because he has not practiced yet this week. And Brandon Staley still saying that there's no timeline. And let's be honest, this does not mean that he's worried necessarily that he's going to be out some lengthy amount of time. It means he really doesn't know. Austin Eckler's so good at managing himself and really indicating when he'll be out there. He has been out in, in a short, shorts and t-shirt watching practice. So obviously getting the mental reps, which you would assume is also preparation. But I will say this, they play the Vikings, a poor rush defense. If he's not out there today, Friday, obviously we're recording this in the morning, then I'd be concerned about his status. By the way, Austin Eckler, fantasy-friendly Austin Eckler said in his weekly show, I get it that my fantasy fans want me back out there. I have myself on my fantasy team. So trust me, I'm trying to get back out there. He's trying. Might be another week. First of all, what a freaking flex. Yeah, I've got myself (laughs) myself. on my own fantasy team, so I'm probably in first place. Well, maybe not after last week. Uh, I will reserve my thoughts on Joshua Kelly's outlook until Mike Clay joins the show because we have a board bet to make. Oh, yes, we do. All right, let's dive in on Derrick Henry then. Stefania was dealing with a toe injury, but it also felt like this was just sort of like rest for the veteran. Yeah, this is why you want to look closely at the injury report. So Derrick Henry listed as limited on Wednesday because of his toe, but listed on Thursday as it did not practice because of veteran rest. Now, mm. Derrick Henry's been known to get days off, and we know teams will do this when they work someone a lot. They get that veteran day off during the week. So I think this is more a combination of those two things. Friday practice, important. Titans practice at 11.25 a.m. Central Time, obviously after we're recording this podcast. By the way, he increased his work in week two, had 25 carries compared to 15 in week one. So increased volume, veteran guy, uh, probably some soreness. You know, there's a reason that he's on the injury report, but it doesn't sound like it's threatening. I might be making this up, but I feel like there's an NBA team who uses the classification old yeah. For a player when he misses a practice Didn't or a game, do that. I feel like that's prop, a, it does feel like a like very a Greg thing. Popovich thing. Yeah. The Titans are the NFL equivalent of that. DeAndre Hopkins missing practice all of last week still yeah. plays. Derrick Henry is going to get a veteran rest day, like probably once a week. Wouldn't surprise me for the entire season. Like, just right. get used to this. You know why? Who are they coached by? 
Mike Vrabel, a player who played in the league for a ton of time, was a master of staying on the field, knew how to take care of his body. Yeah. Not concerned, obviously, for Derrick Henry. Other than that, I want the efficiency to go up. Yes. And the efficiency has not been as Derrick Henry uh, so far this season as it has been in the past, but still a top six running back this week. All right, Stefania, let's talk about a wide receiver near and dear to my heart. Will <laughs> I see Amon Ross St. Brown out there in week three, or do I need to make other plans? Uh, I think, it, look, here's what's encouraging. When a player's practice volume goes up, even though they're dealing with a recently acquired injury, and if you go back to the game, we saw Amon Ross St. Brown come out. The Lions reported it as cramping, but we all saw him being tended to on the sideline. Dan Campbell acknowledged early in the week it was a toe injury, and he did not practice on Wednesday, but he was out there doing individual drills on Thursday. So I would say if the practice volume goes up on Friday, there's a good shot that we see him. I would love to see Amon Ross St. Brown out there. If not, Joshua Reynolds can become a guy that you could look at in that Lions receiving court. Yeah, he certainly had uh, has had quite a start to the season. He himself is banged up is Josh Reynolds. Even if Amonra does play, I think Reynolds is already on the deeper league radar because yep. he has taken over that Lions wide receiver two job. I am not emotionally prepared for the possibility of Amonra not being on the field on Sunday against the Falcons, so I am here to declare <laughs> he's going to play on Sunday. Oh, I, I hope I don't actually know that. I'm just declaring it. I definitively want that to happen, Field, so I'm going to hope that we can just will this into existence as you've done other things. I mean, here's the cool thing about today's media, right? Is that like in the world we live in and check this out, like when you predict something and then it comes true, you go remind everybody about how you how predicted it was true. Are, yes. But then when wrong, you predict something, you, no, you, you just, just move on to the next take. Yes. That's yes. how it Absolutely. works in today's <laughs> world. Just um, receipts do right. not exist right. unless they yes. are receipts that make you look good. So That's yes, Amon right. is going to play on Sunday unless he doesn't, <laughs> but he's going to play. But he's going to play. Yeah. yeah, play well. Mike it's going to be off the charts. Mike Clay is hoping to cash his Chris Watts, Christian Watson receipt here fairly soon. Has not seen him through the first two weeks of the season, Stefania. Are we going to see Christian Watson here in week three? I don't know. We'll see if Mike gets to cash in on those receipts. Obviously, Christian Watson has not played yet this year because of a hamstring injury. This is now going around on the Packers. Um, he did come back to practice on Friday. Christian Watson did. So if you look at what his practice log was, it was Friday and then Wednesday. Then he was held out on Thursday. So people were wondering, is this a setback? But the Packers clarified, Matt LaFleur did, that this was a planned rest day. And you'll see this intermittently with these soft tissue injuries where they increase a player's volume of work, then back them down a little bit. It's all part of a structured plan to see how they respond. So Friday practice, again, a big deal for informing us about Christian Watson's status. Uh, as far as Aaron Jones, his teammate, also dealing with a hamstring injury, he did not play in week two after injuring his hamstring on a uh, 35-yard catch and score. He was a non-practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. That was his first practice since the injury. So oh, I wow. take that as an encouraging sign that he was out there, but one partial practice is still too much to hang your hat on. Again, Friday, a big deal for him. So do you feel like that applies to both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, one partial practice up to this point? Or do you feel like Christian Watson's a different category because different they category. said this is a designed day off on Thursday? Different category. And it's a Great question, because you think, oh, you're dealing with the same injury. But if you look at Christian Watson, someone who's had multiple hamstring injuries in his past, someone who came into the season, I mean, came into week one right. dealing with a hamstring injury and plays a part of wide receiver. So gotcha. stretch the field, different kind of player than Aaron Jones and managing it a little bit differently. So just in an effort to make this all about me, you're telling me that my team with Austin <laughs> Eckler, Aaron Jones, Brandon Ayuk, and I, uh, Jacoby Myers, who sounds like he'll be back this week, but but. 
that team could be in for us. I'm playing Mike Clay this week in that Ooh. league. Uh-oh. That's tough. Well, then I wish them all to be healthy for yes. you. Why, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I want to squash Mike like a grape later. I'll tell you what, if Christian Watson doesn't go field really quickly, I guess Gene Reed is the wide receiver that you want. There, I mean, the, here's the crazy part is that like you've had back-to-back weeks with no Christian Watson. You've also had back-to-back weeks in, in which a, a Packers wide receiver has gotten incredibly lucky. Jordan Love has completed 29 passes this year. Over 20% of those have gone for touchdowns. That's good. Imagine that. Like, Just take how many completions you expect Patrick Mahomes to have by the end of the season. Probably around 450 or 500. Whatever that number is. A lot. Can you imagine if if he threw 80 touchdowns, which might happen with him one day, (laughs) but just some perspective on how ridiculously efficient this Packers offense has been. So if Watson is out, I don't feel particularly strong about any Packers receiver. If Aaron Jones is out, I feel... I feel fine about AJ Dillon. The Didn't volume should be very good, but you know, AJ Dillon has not smashed in this spot no, during the games in which Aaron Jones has missed. Uh, it's he's a totally playable low end RB two, but this is not Aaron Jones sits out. Then AJ Dillon immediately in my eyes carries top eight or nine running back value. Right. I'm with you on that one. Which right. obviously the inverse. If AJ Dillon were out and Aaron Jones were available, you'd be I mean, saying to yourself, this could top be you know, top six, seven running back that week. No yep. problem. Stefania, looking at DK Metcalf, got his ribs banged up last week against the Lions. Are we in a spot where we think we're going to be able to have him this week, though? I I think so. I think, again, you know, I feel like broken record Friday is a big day, but it is, especially the further you get into the season, this is how they manage players. So it's off early in the week. But we had a hint here from Pete Carroll that he said it was going to be, quote, a couple days of recovery likely for DK Metcalf. Remember, he left in the first half, but he came back and he finished out the game. He played more than 80% of the offensive snaps. So I think that's a very good sign going into this week. They probably wanted to let him rest, just as Pete Carroll said. And if he's back on Friday, then I think you can plan on having him in your lineup. Um, I would just say this. I feel like the Seahawks, and this is totally anecdotal, are the kings of mispractice Wednesday, Thursday, practice even in a limited capacity on Friday. And the expectation the entire time is to play. I mean, that's not that's that's Stefania's analysis. That's my analysis on it. So I'm expecting DK Metcalf to be available on Sunday as well. He could not practice. He could. I mean, he's DK Metcalf. So there's there's my extremely breathtaking. Can't find it anywhere else. Analysis. If DK Metcalf plays, despite the relatively slow start to the season in terms of catch production, you're playing him on Sunday against the Panthers. Good Panthers advice. in a Solid. tough time right now, offensively at least. Yeah, dealing with yeah. some things. And, and, and defensively missing some coverage guys. So Yeah, <laughs> and they were already thin there yep. uh, beyond J.C. Horn. So yes, certainly a, a banged up uh, Panthers team that's going through it right now. Stefania, Devonta Smith also has been banged up dealing with not only a hamstring, but a thigh injury. Are we going to see him in our fantasy lineups in week three? So this is the Eagles play on Monday night. Yeah. And so this is a tough one to call right now because the only practice report you have is Thursday. In fact, people weren't really aware that Devontae Smith was dealing with this because he had a beautiful performance last week. But listed on the injury report with both hamstring and thigh injuries, which, by the way, I found interesting because sometimes it'll just say thigh and teams are referring to the hamstring, but sometimes thigh means quad. The fact they said hamstring and thigh makes me think it's a hamstring and a quad and maybe just some soreness, but elite wide receiver who counts on speed. It can't be too serious or he's not going to be able to go. I think the fact he was limited in the very first practice report, that's much better than it did not participate. So encouraging, but stay tuned. I thought his spirits yesterday, he jumped in during the AJ Brown interview with the media yesterday. That to me seemed like a player that's expecting to play on Monday night. So my concern right now in Devontae Smith, fairly low.
Okay. All right. I, again, I, if I'm wrong, <laughs> yes. I'll just change my take. Yes. I'm just laughing. You but know, my early Thursday take is- Limited practice and really good mood and jumped in an interview. Yes. Put you, you know, it's scientific, money Stefania. In the bank. Yes, money in the bank. That's right. Clearly. All right, Stefania, you can follow her at Stefania underscore ESPN for all of the injury updates that you need. Stefania, so great to have you here. Thank you, my friends. All right, Field, we are going to pay some bills. Go ahead and give us- our friends over at Geico. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course I would. And of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. <laughs> Do you guys smell that? Oh, yeah, I do. That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were referring to Mike Clay's musk. I thought for sure when he walked in, that's what I was talking about, too. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games in Illinois. That's right. The fans are back. And this year... Things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious football tradition there is. DP Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, back on Fantasy Focus here. My name is Daniel Dopp with Mike Clay now and Field Jates. And guys, hey, yo, what's up, TV? We're going to do a quick Thursday night preview here because the San Francisco 49ers. Well, here's the great news. Here's my preview for Thursday night football because you said we're going to do oh, a did Thursday I night preview? preview. I did oh, okay. it again. It's Niners win 30-12. Yeah. to 12. I've got, how about this? Ronnie Bell, anytime touchdown. Bet the mortgage on it. Wow. You Minus 18. That's a, that's a wide line. That's a wide yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think in, for the preview? Uh, I think you're way off. I think the Giants pull off the upset. I don't think Ronnie Bell even plays. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, spoiler alert, Mike. Saquon Barkley, three touchdowns? Oh, I didn't watch the game last night. Okay. <laughs> do you watch any games? Oh, no. I was watching Just look at the uh, box Murder scores. Shiro. Yeah. Murder Shiro's on late at night. So 49ers crushed the Giants. Yeah, yeah. 30 to 12, guys. Brock Purdy so looked fantastic. Though, right? I mean, it was. The Giants looked really bad here, Field. No, I mean, I thought they were fine through the first half. 17-6 at halftime. Yeah, they were fine. They were kind of hanging in fine. there. Kind of hanging yeah. in. Like a, they were okay. They were so undermanned. The offensive mm-hmm. line, major injury. Saquon Barkley, he's out. Defensively, they have been a mess so far this season. A team yeah. that we thought, not just because of pretty decent personnel, but obviously a great coordinator, Wink Martindale, would be good so far this season. Yeah. They have been the opposite of good. So the 49ers crews, they have very much the look of a championship team. Let's talk takeaways, though, from this game. Mm-hmm. The 49ers, without Brandon IU, kind of became what I think people were hoping for from all their 49ers that started last night. My yep. Christian McCaffrey did his thing. Debo Samuel, I feel like, is on the revenge tour right now. Yeah, he was. The first drive, he had five targets. Yeah, I, uh, and he had one absurd. catch. I was yeah. super, super frustrated watching yeah, that. Brock In fact, was, he came out slow. He yeah. definitely came out slow. To end up 25 of 37 for 310 and two touchdowns, it was an impressive turnaround. But it was a, a yeah. slow start, and then he really got it rolling. Uh, it was good to see all of those touches manufactured for uh, Debo Samuel, but also not really shocking, right? We, they have the four guys that we know they're going to funnel touches to. One of them was out, then you only had to funnel three. Yep. And uh, we've seen this from Kyle Shanahan before. From guys even like Richie James, if other guys were out, they pick a guy and they find the matchup and they give him a ton of volume. So uh, nice, nice game for Debo. Looks like the bounce back season is underway. Yeah, man. And and looking you at this. You don't feel great about that, do you? 
You don't no, like that. Remember I'm our fine with it. board bet? It's a it's a long season. Here's okay. what I have to say <laughs> about that. It's a long yeah. season. Uh, I do think though everything that you just said, Mike, is totally true. When one of these guys misses, it's a it's a smaller target it's tree. A consolidated so everybody, effort. Yeah. yeah, you get more. This is part of what we talked about. Field. We had some panicked questions about can I start George Kittle this yeah. week? And this is what happens if you don't start George Kittle because you want to get cute and try yeah. and play the matchup game. You're gonna miss out on games like this. I was watching the game last night with some buddies. We're on a league together, and one of them has George Kittle as his tight end, and so like before every snap, I was. Kittle time right here. Yeah, just just watch it. this one. Kittle touchdown coming up. I mean, he was right seven times. No, no, no. no. I, I kept saying Kittle touchdown. I don't uh, care if they uh, have like, you know, first and 10 from their own 25. Kittle touchdown coming right now. So, uh, yeah, seven targets or seven, seven catches for 90 yards for George Kittle. You know, maybe maybe it's as simple as Brandon Ayuk not being available. I also think there's enough of a sample size to suggest that this could be that this 49ers offense for players not named Christian McCaffrey, and I believe Debo Samuel, is going to be a bit unpredictable most weeks. You could have smash weeks for George Kittle when Brandon Ayuk is on the field. You also might have dud weeks for George Kittle when Brandon Ayuk is not on the field. But here's the thing with tight end. There's like five guys, including Kittle, who you're like, yeah, I'll just throw him in there every week. And then after that, there's like 25 guys who are all the same. Totally. Kittle feels like... Uh, he's going to be boom bust. I agree. Yep. And he feels like a safe play. Yeah. He just feels like a safe tight end. Yeah. So you just have to keep rolling him out there. And you can almost like, you could almost say that about Darren Waller too. And he has two duds in three games. I was going to say that. Yeah. You he know has what? two duds in three games. And it's still like, he's just, he's running the routes. He's still their number one target. It's like, it's a, it's been a poor start, but with the state of the position, you just got to keep rolling him out there. He did have a good week too. So I totally agree it. with Mike yeah. Hirefield, and I want to know if you disagree because the the conversation we had yesterday with George Kittle is this is part of what you get when you draft him. You know mm-hmm. that up and down nature, and you got to ride it. You can't try and pick your weeks. Darren Waller's the same thing for me. That floor is a floor that sometimes is not going to be what you want, but the difference between him and tight end 15 is that ceiling game when you get it is going to be astronomically bigger, and his volume is so much more in this offense. Yeah, I have an idea. I, I, I might commission it. There, there's an artist out there that wants to do this. Maybe the person that used to draw Jimmy G every day, it's just a list. It's not actually a painting. A list of all the tight ends that you just have to start every week because... Right, like even if they don't have great, like you know, I'm not talking about There's Kelsey. Like I'm not talking about Mark Andrews. Things, yeah. I know, <laughs> but every week you have to live with the good and the bad. Uh-huh. We need that list at some point here in the studio. Yes, we okay. do. Yeah. Well, anyway, 15 targets over the last two weeks. We're still uh, firing them up. All right, here on Fantasy Focus Football, Field Jades, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp doing our week three preview, guys. And last week, Jerome Ford came out and looked fantastic, mm. replacing Nick Chubb, unfortunately, after he got hurt. And we have been excited. Field, we went out and spent almost all of our fab to be able to get this guy. Yeah, we did. And then this week, he gets one of the toughest run defenses. So what I want to say is maybe temper expectations on Jerome Ford based on what you saw last week. Right. Like do not have buyer's remorse. If on Monday morning, you're like, wow, Jerome Ford was running back 32 for the week. And I just spent $81 Mm -hmm. of my fab budget. Good reminder for those out there that aren't necessarily as uh, uh, accustomed to playing or have never played in a fab league before free agent acquisition budget rather oh, than that stands for. hitting waivers. Oh. Well, no, there's some people that have, someone reached out to me and was like, not a bad idea to, uh, to, to say it. Yes. I thought it was uh, like fantastic course, apples and awesome. ants, Batman. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Um, so, Hashtag a comedy podcast. Yeah. So that'd be dumb. <laughs> I nailed three that. here. So anyways, that's the best I could come up yeah. with on the fly. I got nothing. What is that? Uh, what I was going to say is um, that, you know, for those that maybe aren't as familiar with it, 
the way it works is you get a hundred bucks at the beginning of the season. You can spend it as much or as little as you want of it, and you can spend it as often or whenever you want. Uh, but you blind bid, so you know if you bet if you bid fifty two and you don't know that Mike's going to bid fifty five, Mike's going to win. $55. Anyways, um, yes, Jerome Ford could have a little bit of a slow start here, but I still have him as an RB2 this week. One thing the Browns have made very clear throughout the past four or five days, mm-hmm. Jerome Ford's the guy. Yeah, he'll yes. be the guy. A quick nugget on Tennessee just for perspective because uh, he's going to be an interesting uh, guy in DFS as well. In fact, yes, I'm going to have a hard will. time not playing him at his price point this week. But uh, yeah, t- uh, Titans so far have allowed 16 fantasy points to running backs. That's fewest in the NFL. Also, last year, dominant in this department. Only one running back reached 20 fantasy points against them last year. Only two got to 16. That shows you how good they are in this department. On the other hand, though, because teams can't run them, they throw a lot. They allow a ton of fantasy production to receivers, the most last year, the third most this year. So guys like Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, very interesting this week. Yeah, and that's part of the conversation here because of the fact, I'm glad you brought that up, because the Titans are difficult to run against, but we've seen some down weeks recently from Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and David Njoku. We wanted a little bit more from this passing game, right, with Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this a week that could be a fix-me game, you think, for this wide receiving or pass catcher? I think think, But don't you think Watson's the important part here? Yeah, I do. Players. I, I do. Uh, we definitely need the volume. They need to commit to throwing the football. And maybe they will do that more with with Nick Chubb out. Uh, Cooper actually coming off the injury last week. They had a pretty good game. Moore hasn't really had a big game yet. So uh, and Joku's a big one, too. He's he's off to a slow start. Totally. Yeah. But I legitimately wonder for those that committed to Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback coming into this mm-hmm. season. He was quarterback six in week one. You can live with that, obviously. He was bad last week. I wonder what the temperature is of those that are starting Watson week in, week out. I'll tell you what. I started. I have Watson and Brock Purdy on multiple teams, and I started Watson over him this week. Okay. Over Purdy, wow. which okay. I stand by. I mean, even like last night, Purdy had 300 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he's that wasn't a big fantasy day. He doesn't run. Like right. He's averaging 14 points per game. This that was year. the second time in eight starts. He's been over 20 fantasy right. points, um, which yeah. so I, I, feel I guess fine a quarter of your starts is fine. Um, but no, I mean, he's not he, looking Purdy, for just to be. I mean, Purdy's has not been a good fantasy quarterback. He's been a good regular yeah, quarterback, yeah, I guess. But yeah. fan, I mean, his points per game this year, even after last night, would be outside the top 20. See, so yeah. I feel like I'm getting more upside with Watson. He runs and I like the matchup here, obviously, yes. against the Titans. So mm-hmm. uh, I went to, that answers your question, right? How you, I'm taking the temperature of me. I'm still leaning Watson, at least for this week. Right. So I, I but I'll be curious. And Mike is one piece of the sample size here. I'll be curious if others who do have Watson if he does not have a great week this week, feel like it's time to move forward with a mm-hmm. different quarterback. Again, you have to have that different quarterback to move forward with. But if there is a Jared Goff in a good spot, mm-hmm. or if you had Anthony Richardson as a second quarterback, something to that effect, mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see what the narrative is surrounding Deshaun Watson's fantasy value if mm-hmm. he does not perform against a very suspect Tennessee secondary. Yeah, I'm with you. Keep Agreed. in mind, he did have a good week one fantasy-wise. He's I know, QB6, I know, so I know, I know. He just looks worse than he's performing fantasy wise i mean last week was bad fantasy bad, yeah but anyway well yeah, yeah, yeah i'm totally. with you yeah. not great let's talk about a quarterback that's look fantastic then because this is a lot more fun kirk cousins is averaging 350 yards and three touchdowns per game through the first two games now he gets the los angeles chargers whose defense is is bad the word mm-hmm. mike clay i think you could say that Atrocious. they've allowed at least their 21. defense is again comedy charts here watch us skyrocket their defense is offensive Oh, I get it. Like a defense I offense it. joke. I, I did not it. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that. That's fair. <laughs> Opposite of you were Kirk such Cousins. a dad. Hey, I like Kirk Cousins though. 
I do like him. Uh, 21 plus fantasy points allowed to Tua and Tannehill for the Chargers so far this season. The most passing yards and four passing touchdowns. It's third most. So the Chargers, to your point, have not been good slowing quarterbacks. And Kirk Cousins is the number one scoring fantasy quarterback. You like that? Yeah, I do like that. Did you know, fun fact, Kirk Cousins has finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback seven of the last eight seasons. He just hangs right on that wow. fringe. He does. He's the QB modern right day Philip Rivers. He really is. Yeah, it's a great. That's a great call. So uh, thank you. He's you like a, that one? I do like that. Thank you. I like that. And I like Cousins <laughs> this week. Good streamer should be locked into lineups. Should be locked into lineups. What about Jordan Addison field? Have we reached the point where Addison hmm. is considered a like lineup lock as a flex play? Or are we still kind of sussing out that value? With I think he is, I mean, you're talking to the biggest fan of Jordan Addison right. out there. And obviously he scored in back to back games. A couple of things. So I'm going to give you both sides of the argument here. It's a great matchup. Yep. He's a super talented player. Yep. I think the stock will continue to go up and up and up for Jordan Addison. The only thing that is preventing him from being much higher in my rankings as of right now is that he is still clearly wide receiver three in That's terms right. of snaps for the Vikings. KJ yeah. Osborne's like a 90% playtime player so far. Mm-hmm. So if KJ Osborne remains in that wide receiver two role for the next month, month and a half, it's going to block the path for Addison to be a weekly must start. If he ever overtakes KJ Osborne and he's playing 85, 90% of the snaps, Hello, Jordan Addison. I was yeah. I was fully prepared to be the buzzkill on Addison just to go at you because I know he's your he's your boy, but uh, you did it for me. Eleven targets, yeah. in two games so far this season. That number is going to have to go up. He's definitely been lucky with the two touchdowns in two games, which is great. But is that sustainable? Of course not. He's not going to score a touchdown yep. a game. Sixteen touch, seventeen touchdowns uh, this season. So he's going to have to make up for it with more volume. We haven't seen that yet. So that is why we're ranking a guy that's off to a good start. In the four in the forties, or feels a, a pinch higher. Yeah, which is tough because he looks so good. This is one of those players where, in fantasy, I feel like you get these rookies right early in the season. Guys get excited about them. They get a couple touchdowns under their belt, and it start you start wanting to think like, "Hey, I can start this guy every week. This guy's going to be a part of this." You got to look a little deeper into the numbers and understand sometimes. They aren't getting used as much as we think they are. Jahan Dotson was kind of one of these guys last year that got mm-hmm. was really efficient but didn't get as much usage. So it's interesting conversation. I, I remember. His, oh, so I was going to say his teammate Justin Jefferson, his first two games in the NFL didn't play much and then got a well, big promotion in Week Three and went on to have a you know he's the best receiver in fantasy. So uh, social team Perhaps, and digital yeah. video team, please clip this. That was eleven twenty four twenty six on our clock here. Mike Clay says Jordan Addison will be better. Than Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Put that on the board it, or no? I'm not going to put that on the board, but we're going to save that footage in case. Uh, you in were case listening to my out. thoughts earlier, right? Yeah, that's I what absolutely was. That's, and what that's exactly how it works. You know that, right? I told you we should always do the pod twice. Say the want, say our take and then yeah. do another pod. Do the say opposite. the opposite takes yeah. and then cut up whatever works. Wasn't there like some old Twitter account who used to just like let like unleash like millions upon millions upon millions of tweets and then like immediately like delete them like into, into the cyberspace? But if something proved true. Uh-huh. they would just find a way to like retweet it into oblivion. Oh, that yeah. sounds smart. I did actually. that this week. I was like Kareem Hunt assignment, the Vikings, Kareem Hunt assignment, the Browns, Kareem <laughs> assignment, the Colts. And then I deleted all the others and said, see, I told, I had sources I told three days ago. Oh, good. Mike, you're so good at this. I just all nailed right. it. Let's dive into the Lions running backs because this one I think is really interesting. We've all wanted to have Jameer Gibbs be a guy that just gets a ton of usage because it's easy to see the explosiveness in his game. Super simple. Mm-hmm. But now there's no David Montgomery. Mm. I don't expect Jameer Gibbs to get 20 to 25 
five touches, replacing David Montgomery in that role. They don't want to use him like that. Maybe they'll use him more out of the backfield yeah. from that perspective. I do expect that target share to be up. But field, when you're looking at Gibbs, yeah. how do you look at him this week? I project Amir Gibbs to have about 11 carries for 49 yards and four catches for 31 yards. Oh, exactly that. Wow, that's and 15.5.87 fantasy points. That sounds I don't know, like, like right on the money. <laughs> like point four touchdowns. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just, like I just wanted to see, if, I wanted to see if Mike paid attention to his own projections. Uh, I, I really, Mike, you can take this one. And I'll, I'll respond to whatever you have to say. I just wanted to get yeah, that joke. Uh, Again, comedy charts. Trying you're to, just, just crushing it. Just crushing it. It's Thank hilarious. Much. Uh, Thank I'm you. laughing so hard. Uh, so, uh, Jameer, <laughs> uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, we saw in you know last week's game after the injury split carries three to three with Craig Reynolds. Yep. I expect something similar. It would not yeah. surprise me if Gibbs has the most carries and it's like 12 for him, 10 for Reynolds or vice versa. Right. Something like that. But here's the thing. We're complaining about Gibbs and his workload so far. He is second among running backs in targets and catches so yeah. far. He's still getting that volume in the passing game. I expect a major role in that department. That's enough already to be in the RB2 conversation. You take Montgomery out, add more volume to Gibbs, and suddenly he's in the RB1 conversation. Remember, this is a an extremely productive, high-volume fantasy backfield. Yeah, he can, he can share touches and still be an RB1. I'm all in on Gibbs this week. So a couple of thoughts here. As I agree with everything that Mike just said there uh, in terms of the bottom line for Jameer Gibbs. Only questions I have for you is... You have a player that went to your alma mater, this teeny tiny school in Pennsylvania, who plays in the NFL and is going to play a legitimate role this weekend. You have to shine a brighter light on that. That's a good call. Why didn't I wear my my cuts down? I don't know. At least be like Craig Reynolds. Well, Remember like uh, back in the day, Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, whenever there was a player from Louisville who made a play, mm-hmm. Chris Berman would say, whatever, Dion Branch, Rob! And Tom Jackson would go, Louisville! You have to do that with Craig Reynolds. This is right. your opportunity. That is right. true. That's a good call. I mean, this might so, be my my one and only opportunity. So anyway, or, Craig or, Reynolds. Or maybe you're just not proud of the fact that you went to Kutztown. I'm, I'm super proud. Wow. I'm super wow. proud it of didn't seem like wow. it two Reynolds. minutes ago when you just sort of stumbled past the fact that Craig well, Reynolds. Well, look, I'm here to be an objective analyst, all right? Once we're off the air, then I'll celebrate and plug Craig Reynolds into all my lineups. No one I'm wants objectivity here. You want to no do a Craig Reynolds do. board bet? What do you got him projected as? Nine fantasy points this week? I project that Craig Reynolds graduated from Kutztown University. All right. I'll bet you he's going to be under nine fantasy points this week. I'm going to make fun of my dad jokes. That's not. I don't. I laugh at them. You usually do. laugh at them. I try. You're really the only person laugh laughing across the studio or feel you laugh. And then you're like, that was, dumb. and then I'm like, like, wait, I realized how ridiculous that joke was pretty much. <laughs> that's the point. I got the laugh. That's what that's the favorite part about FF. Oh, now on Sunday morning. Good. All right. Field Jates, Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp here on fantasy focus football. And we are making our way through our week through preview. Guys, Brian Robinson has been fantastic to start the season. Running yeah, back three so far, Mike. Do you think that that type of efficiency, RB3, can continue against a Bills defense? I do not. Uh, you said it. Bills defense are very good. They're better they against pa- uh, the passing game than they are the running game. But still, they've generally been better than average in yep. slowing opposing running backs. I think he comes back to earth a little bit. Yes, he's third in scoring. He was first last week. Has 37 carries. Antonio Gibson only has five this season. So he's a clear edge there. He is getting more passing down work than we thought in terms of running routes and being on the field, but only five targets so far. I'm not sure that's a number that's going to go up substantially. Also kind of split snaps last week with Antonio Gibson, 36 to 30. So with the matchup, with that usage, it's enough for me to say still a little bit touchdown dependent. If that falls off, it's going to be, it's going to hurt you. So I think he's more yeah. of a borderline RB two this week, not the RB one we've seen. Right. So I was going to say Robinson's value has no doubt inflated since the preseason, mm-hmm. right? He has like comfortably asserted himself in that low end RB two range. It is not nearly as inflated as the numbers would suggest so Correct. far, right? He, but he mm-hmm. has been 
as Mike has alluded to, more involved in the passing game, and he's an impressive runner. Like That part was never really a question, whether he'd be impressive when he got his 15 or 20 carries per game. So I am with Mike in terms of my assessment. I have him as RB23 this week. Kind of feels like it doesn't make a difference, though, if he's an impressive runner or not. They just don't want to give the ball to Antonio Gibson in the running game. Like, is there another running back that you no, don't I'm want to use No, I'm talking about Brian here? Robinson. I know. Yeah. Okay, okay, it, gotcha. It doesn't yeah. even make a difference if he looks impressive. Like, Brian Robinson looks like their guy. They yeah. just don't want to use Gibson. They love him. I mean, I, I mentioned this, I don't know, a week or two ago on the show, right? You've got two former players who are overseeing this offense. Yeah. Ron Rivera as the head coach, even though he's a defensive guy, and Eric Bieniemy, who was a former player himself and running back. Like, those guys are going to love the fact that Brian Robinson is as tough as you could possibly be. So yep. I'm not surprised at all that their coaching staff and probably most coaching staffs would fall in love with Brian Robinson very quickly. Terry McLaurin is another tough one here for me because Terry McLaurin is yeah. so good at football. We've mm-hmm. been waiting for him to get a real quarterback. Two weeks with Sam Howell. 10 targets, mm-hmm. seven catches, yeah. 85 receiving yards. Does he have a real quarterback yet? What do we think? I don't think What's so. Early? Um, What's I don't, early I, I, my early feel is it's too early. Yeah, I agree. How's that? Yeah, He's only run 63 routes. That's outside the top 30 at wide receiver. I want him to be on the field. I want him to be targeted more. 10 targets is not enough through two games for Terry McLaurin. We drafted him to be a high-end flex play for our team. Yeah, Carrillo's 16% target share, but it's worse than 10 targets in two games. Six or fewer in six straight games, tracing back to last season. The targets have plummeted for McLaurin for some reason. That three of those six games were with... Sam Howell, who has just not targeted him who enough. Who are those targets going to then? If he's got a 16% target Logan share. Logan Thomas has had a ton. Logan, Logan Thomas. You have, uh, John Dotson hasn't really performed out of the gate so far. He was getting a whole bunch last season. A uh, little bit of, of uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh, but yeah, not enough uh, production so far. And here's the thing. You, you talk about the quarterback issues. That's totally fair. He's actually never finished top 20 in fantasy points per game. We keep kind of projecting that next step forward. It hasn't happened for him yet. So in a week like this, I have him ranked 31st. He's going to f- likely face uh, Tredavious White's shadow coverage. He's off to a good start. He's healthy mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. The number one uh, corner for the Bills. It, you know, If you normally rank him 20 to 25, he's going to draw this defense and this coverage. You have to knock him down. I, I don't think he's a must start this week. And he's almost always a lineup lock. I don't think that's the case this week. I'm trying to think of the reason why he would be a must start this week. I mean, the only reason why is because he's Terry McLaurin. He's awesome mm-hmm. at football, but he's a better football player than fantasy football player, yeah. at least of the first, what, four plus seasons of his career. That's That might sound like a negative, but I don't mean it in a negative mm-hmm. connotation. He rules as a football player. He the does. guy's making $24 million a year for a reason. Uh, but in fantasy, you're looking for players who get a crap ton of volume. That's not going to be him. Pass happy offense. That's not what this is. And lots of touchdown opportunities. Not this offense yet. Mm-hmm. I know they scored 35 last week, guys, but it'd been a while since we saw that kind of offense. I think it'd have been since like 2001. That they, I'm sorry, 2021. That would be a long time if it had been 2001, 2001 since they scored 35 points. But yes, not exactly an offense that's going to be lighting up a scoreboard. I got McLaurin as wide receiver 34. I just don't love this matchup for a guy not seeing the volume that we want against a tough Bills defense. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go a different direction if I can. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Mike, are you going to stick with Javante Williams here? Yeah. I am RB 17 for me against Miami again, off to a slow start this season. I didn't love that. Uh, he was out snapped by Samaj P Ryan last yeah. week. That concerns me a little bit, but he is dominating the carries uh, ran fewer routes than Samaj P Ryan, but I think his role in the passing game will continue to increase because he's really good in that department. We've seen that throughout his career so far. Uh, Miami, by the way, defense off to a disappointing start so far, fifth most fantasy points and fourth most yards and touchdowns to running backs through two weeks. All of these defensive snaps, it's only been two weeks. We're not right. getting too carried away. Uh, could be 
you know, inflated or deflated by their opponents, but nonetheless off to a slow start. So I think Williams will just continue to get better and better. Was disappointed by last week, though, so he is a little lower in my rank. It's funny. I have him the same spot you do in my rankings. We both have him as RB17. My general tenor is less optimistic, though, than yours. I just don't feel like the juice has been there from Javante Williams. Offensive line has not been good for Denver. Turns out all that money they spent has not turned this offensive line into a dominant unit. So a little bit concerned about uh, Javante Williams ever eclipsing more than like RB 17 or 18 in our weekly rankings. I would have thought coming into the preseason that maybe when he's fully healthy, if he looks like the player we saw pre-injury, you could be having him as a borderline top 10 running back in your weekly rankings. Not sure I foresee that anytime soon this season. Yeah, I don't know, though. Like we didn't see this situation the same as we saw with the Jets, where it was like, hey, Samaji P. Ryan might be your early guy, like Dalvin Cook would be. And then we see this young running back that's really good, like come on towards the end of the season. Doesn't feel it feels right now at least like they want to continue to use Samaj P. Ryan as a part of this offense, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh when I look at this Broncos defense, or excuse me, this Broncos offense, getting Jerry Judy back last week, I was really excited for my fantasy teams where I drafted him. Played a lot too. He did not look great, but he did play a lot. How yeah. much of him not looking great though is just as much on Russell Wilson as it is on Jerry Judy. I just, I just want to say this. He played 69% of the snaps. Uh, last year he was playing like 95. So he did play a lot, but he was clearly limited relative to what he did last season. I believe, season, if so. I'm not mistaken though, of those those snaps he played on Sunday, it was like something like 30 out of 36 dropbacks for Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. So... When they were throwing the ball, Jerry Judy was on the field. Uh, so that was important. And I expect that number to climb from 69 to 79 or 89 at yeah, some point I think so. sooner than later as well. Mm-hmm. So not I, I was worried that last week we'd see him on the field for 20 snaps. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, 20 snaps, and he has three targets in those 20 snaps, and it's like... This is this is the ease back in day. No, last yeah. week was him playing quite a bit. Big question is just whether you trust this Broncos passing offense. Um, Dolphins trust is a strong word. Field right now. It is. Russell Wilson has been playing pretty well though for fantasy so far in this Dolphins defense. If you can protect against them, which I'm not totally confident mm. you can. Eli Apple is a toy cornerback that uh, you can get some fantasy points off of. That much is for sure. Yeah, I think he played enough that I feel better starting him this week. So it was a slow start, only yep. five targets, 25 yards. But remember, this was a top 25 scoring fantasy receiver last year. Super yep. talented. One sec. He's in a contract year. There's a lot of motivation for for uh, Judy to have a big season. I think he'll continue to develop into Russell Wilson's top target, which he was late last season had a terrific second half of, of uh, 2022. Would you take him this week over Cortland Sutton? Yeah, you would. I, I'm, I'm back to Judy. Over back Sutton. on Judy over top of Sutton. If Judy yep. is fully healthy in this Broncos offense. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll love that. Then you can't argue with that. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Is there a chance finally that Dak Prescott, in spite of the fact that the Cowboys are two and zero and crushing everybody scoring so many points, Dak Prescott has not been doing that for us in fantasy because the defense has been doing it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Do you see him being a top 12, top 10 starter here against the Cardinals? Here's why I say quarterback 13. So that suggests optimism. He could be a top 12 starting quarterback. The biggest argument against Dak being a quarterback 13 this week is, or being a top 12 quarterback this week is first play of the game. Josh Dobbs drops back, strip sack Micah Parsons, Cowboys return it for a touchdown, or they return it to the two-yard line. Tony Pollard punches it in one play later. The Cowboys are so damn good on defense. Obviously, the Trevon Diggs injury stinks to high heavens, but they're so good on defense that they'll be fine, especially against Arizona this Mm -hmm. week. And they could be set up with like legitimately three short fields during this game. And Dak, we know this team, they've rushed for a ton of touchdowns last season. 
you know, the offensive line, uh, once Tyler Smith gets healthy and can look a lot like what it was last year, like they can continue to be a ground and pound team. So I don't think Dak has played poorly. I think the opportunities simply haven't been there. So if he plays, I don't know if they actually play 60 offensive snaps and Dak drops back 30 times this week, I forecast a top 12 quarterback week. But if they run the Cardinals out of the stadium by the end of the first quarter, it might be another week like it has been the past couple. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Uh, I will say this, though. The Cardinals have so far faced Daniel Jones yeah. mm-hmm. and Sam Howell, mm-hmm. and they have allowed the third most fantasy points yeah, to quarterback. So far, this is not a good defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Dak is clearly the number one uh, or they the best quarterback. Well in the they first played. half. Yeah. yeah, 20 to nothing in the first half, and then it all it all fell apart. They were exposed. So, uh, yeah, no top 15 weeks so far for Dak, but he had the 40 to nothing shutout to your point about, you know, the defense kind of carrying the but he did have almost 20 fantasy points against the Jets last week, hey, one of the league's best defenses. So I feel optimistic. Again, I'm right there with you at 13. He's definitely a streaming option. I still feel it's hard for me not to. I understand what you're saying, Mike. It's hard for me not to feel like the narrative that field is laying out, though, is more of what's going to happen this week, where this Cowboys defense is so dominant that if they get up early, the idea that Dak, in spite of the fact that these quarterbacks have been top 10 recently, it's just like that it feels like it's going to play out this way. It really does. So that's, I, a, maybe, that's a tough yeah. one for I me. Mean, you still, if you're going to beat a team 31 to 7, though, you have to score them points somehow. And the D maybe scores Tony one. Pollard. But yeah, I, I know. But maybe he throws two. I think if you're just projecting this objectively, he looks like a fringe QB. Fringe Remember, starter. by the way. One one of the negatives, though, uh, with him is he doesn't really run anymore, too. That kind of holds him back. Only 20 rushing yards a season, whereas like someone like Russell Wilson, who we didn't really get into, he's on pace for almost 500 rushing yards a season. He's oh kind gosh. of added that to his arsenal, which gives him a upside, some upside. But that's why Prescott, even in what we perceive as a good matchup, is 13th and mm, not 7th right. or 6th or 5th like he would have sure. been five yeah. years ago. So then outside of those two guys, like we're basically, you're saying we're definitely starting Tony Pollard. We're definitely starting CeeDee Lamb in this Correct. offense. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is an iffy guy for you based on how probably this not works. this week, probably not yeah. this week. Okay. So Off it's really injury. just those two guys. And then you can look at Dak if you need him. Yeah. Or, I mean, we have 1000 borderline uh, tight end ones. If you want to throw yeah, Ferguson, Ferguson in there, you can yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. that's about it though. We've been yeah. waiting for Jake Ferguson to be able to hit. That would be nice because again, we're still looking to commission some art here for the mm-hmm. studio. Currently the list is about seven players. All right. Startable of oh, tight ends. Are, you have yeah. to start. Yeah. Oh, is it seven? I don't we know. Have seven? Kelsey, is, Andrews, Hawkinson, Waller, Laporta. Sorry. Kittle. Kittle. Is that the end Goddard. of the list? Oh, Goddard. Yeah. He's off to a poor start. But I know, we'll but they're still we'll playing six. him. Yeah. And, you're I, starting Goddard. Uh, but after that, then like, then you get to okay. Firemuth and Joku Ingram. They've Kyle all been Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is like that. I think that's it. I think it's what six we said. Here's a fun fact. Hunter Henry must start now. Who's the only player this season who has a top two finish in each of the first two weeks of his position? Top two finish. Not, not Kirk Cousins. Right. Uh, I don't know. Who is it? I think oh, Nicole. Hunter Henry. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Look how dismissive you were on Andre Henry. Yeah. I still yeah. say no to that one. Wow. Yeah. I know. But yeah, I mean, so many snaps. Yeah, he, yeah he's, they, they, they are pass catcher by committee there. He's a good football player, obviously. Yes, but, uh, you know, that, uh, playing this Jets defense this weekend and what could be a very rainy Sunday. That's a big storyline for this week, by the way. It oh, is. Yeah. Watch the weather in the Northeast specifically. Going to get some rain. Yep. Uh, it the sounds Northeast, like, so like Cleveland. Stop Cincinnati, it. I knew you were going to say that. That area too. Mike is like, all right, so the Chiefs game could be underwater. Maybe the Seahawks. Hawks, right? <laughs> Out west in Kansas City. Yeah, but, Mike is like, well, relative to Australia, we are northeast. Yeah, that's so, correct. That's or it. we could be if you go the other way. Look, right? You're getting like, it now. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you guys mind? They're taking on Mike's Philadelphia. Let's Eagles. go. Mm-hmm. Monday night. Guys, who's the best quarterback in this game, Mike? 
Uh, let's see. Where are the backups? Uh, Gardner Minshew's not around anymore. No, he's not. Gardner Mariota, Minshew. yeah. Marcus yeah. Mariota. No, uh, who was drafted the earliest? Marcus Mariota. No, uh, Baker. Baker was wow, actually the wow. earliest. So yeah. much draft pedigree wow. quarterback this yes, week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Two first-rounders? No, okay. I kid, obviously. I kid. This is more to say that, uh, you know, obviously impressed by the start so far from Baker Mayfield. He Definitely, deserves a ton yeah. of kudos uh, for this Bucks team. But I think the bigger question mark is you've got a running back in Rashad White who's had two games with different outcomes, but he's so damn busy. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is the clear cut guy Tonable, in this Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers backfield. And all of a sudden chase Edmonds is now on IR. Have they made a corresponding move to add a running back to the 53 man roster? No, I don't think so. Not yet. So they have uh Sean Tucker. It's going to be, yeah, it's going yeah. yeah, to be Sean Tucker and Rashad white, but yeah, white's fifth in touches. He is. But it's right a, it do, do does the matchup scare you enough the, that you yes. feel bad? And this is a good part here. Like I actually was thinking about this uh, last night and prep for the show is that we uh, are so concerned about things like must start versus sit like this is a category that I'd be curious if the viewers find it helpful or not I think it is helpful it's downgrade slash manage expectations that would be the category that Rashad White fits into this week akin to what we discussed with Brian Robinson earlier in the show yeah it depends on your other options and you could apply this to DFS maybe it's a week to stay away in in a cash lineup Uh, White it's interesting especially early season how this works like Rashad White really high coming into the season had a down week one yep I ranked him even higher in week two Mm -hmm. because of the volume he had a he had a a good week two and now I'm lower on him after the good week against Philadelphia he's about Uh, to slide into your DMs so hard again. <laughs> he is. He's coming. He's coming for me this week. Uh, yeah, Eagles so far eighty-two rushing yards allowed, zero touchdowns to running backs. Uh, it, and they faced New England. That's yep. Ramondre's good. And then they faced uh, Minnesota. And that's another thing about like we're not going to get into Alex Madison today. We've talked about him already. But uh, you know, he's played Tampa Bay yeah. and he's played. Uh, Philadelphia. You know, maybe it's just been a matchup thing because his volume's been good too. So I think maybe it's an it's offensive a, line thing. I, it's definitely related because they've had so many Patriots were. I think. I think. The Vikings and Patriots were both down like at least three starters against the Eagles, which mm-hmm. have a great defensive front, mm-hmm. by the way. So I wonder if Tampa, who has an offense, I think a solid offensive line. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say They're it's well as so good far, as yeah. it was a couple of seasons ago, but I mean, there's some players that are at, you know, Tristan Wirfs is a, is a mm-hmm. freaking stud. Just like, yeah, I'm going I'm to go play left tackle and be like all pro level good. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, I think it's an offensive line thing more so than just the running backs involved. That's one of my takeaways from the early portions of the season. You got to have an offensive line to help you out a little bit. That does help quite a bit. It does. Yeah. Turns do, you out it your, does. do you have your rankings pulled up right now, Field? I want to ask you guys some questions. Okay. Um, Mike, I will pull them up right you're now. You're going to have to probably go off the cuff because I know you don't have your computer right, in front it. of you. Let's do it. But when you're looking at this guy, like I think Rashad White is a really interesting conversation because if you drafted him, you probably waited as like a zero RB or second like hero RB running back, someone that you waited on a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, a lot of times, or maybe he's just your third or fourth running back because you yep. grabbed him in the you know seventh, eighth, or ninth. That's why right. he was going in the summer and like the seventh, and then he started he to generate some hype. Ended up in like yeah. the fifth round. Mike Mike talked about him on Instagram. And that's it. That's that's what it was. One time. All right. So then this week, because yeah. he is getting so much volume, and that's the hard part for me, benching a guy that is obviously yeah. getting the work. Load, right? Okay, hit me hit here me. in week three. Would yeah. you rather have him or would you have, rather have Jerome Ford against the Titans? I've got um, Jerome have Ford higher. ranked higher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you rather have him or would you rather have Zach Moss, a guy that you would have grabbed off waivers against Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but I've got Zach Moss ranked higher as well. Yeah, I believe I do as well. Would you rather have Rashad White or would you rather have Joshua Kelly? 
playing Minnesota, potentially mm-hmm. filling White. in for Austin. Talk about that. Rashad yeah. White. We have to right, I'm going Kelly on that one. Week. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get to that. That's that's a nice guy. pick. So that's, I mean, lose. you're looking at, you're looking at potentially playing some guys over Rashad White. You would have grabbed off of waivers or maybe you were using as a potential streamer rather than someone because of the tough matchup here, which I think is tough. Um, but I still like Rashad White here. He's still going to get a lot of volume. Hopefully, he gets some passing support, too. Yeah. All Can right. Do our board bet right now. Let's do it. Okay. So, I, was my statement he'd be outside my top 30? I've got him at 27. So, if that's do too I low. Do, I, do you know where I have him? Right now, there, Rashad White. Probably like Josh no, 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 Kelly. No. You have Kelly. 15. Like 17. You have Josh. 15. 15. 15. Because you are delirious. All right. So, we'll I've say got him 40th. at 27. <laughs> I've got him at 30. You've got I've him got at him 15. At, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why not? Did you? You didn't watch the good. game last week, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Who they play last week? The Titans, who we were just worried about, yeah. have been yeah. like yeah. the yeah. most dominant okay. run defense oh. in the league. You know what, though? You know what? You're right. right. Let's just board bet so I can beat you anyway. Okay. Okay. Done. 15 for you, 27 for me. Split okay. the difference at 21? Sure. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Close enough. If he finishes is exactly RB21, I win. I win. No, Daniel wins. How about that? Daniel wins. Daniel, Daniel wins. Daniel gets a bonus board bet. I love win. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Though with his luck this year, he's going to win it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> what do you mean luck? <laughs> I'm sure. Total luck. Oh, okay. All it's right. all variants. Yeah. All right. I say Joshua Kelly is not a top 21 running back in week three. I say Joshua Kelly is a top 21 fantasy running back in week number three. Put it on, on the, the board. board. Put it on the board. All right. There Dude, you go. Another win for me. Yeah, sure. I've got Joshua Kelly at running back 30. Mm-hmm. I say he will not be a top 28 running back this year. Will you do two board bets on Joshua Kelly? <laughs> this week. On this, this week, week, yeah. Um, he will not be the, top 28. It gives 20. like a very narrow yeah. range. 27 of to 30. I just Wait, wanted so, yeah, a second Do I only get bet. like 21 to 27? Is that what you're saying? Or you're, do I get... I think he needs to be top 28 and a half in order for you to be able to win. All right, next right, but like, if, let's just say he's 15. <laughs> if he is 15. Then you win. I win and Mike wins. And, and Mike wins. So it's, you sort of split. It's sort of like victory know, points for you. That is a great hedge right there by <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that Anyways, really is. Yeah. Let's talk about the Steelers because this is something. Wait, cool, can we just quickly uh, close a circle on this last game and just mention the Eagles backfield? Sure. <sighs> because if Kenneth Gamewell plays, which it sounds like he's expected to on Monday night, do we have ourselves a grand old mess once again? My feeling would be to fade the Eagles backfield if Kenneth Gainwell is available. And here's the reason why. I think coming into week one, it was clear Gainwell was going to be the starter with a minimal role for DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift played well enough in week two that it's like, okay, his role can't be that small. 175 yards. That being said, Kenneth Gainwell had played well enough during the preseason and in week one that Philly's like, all right, he's our guy. So I think this ends up being much more of a two-man split in the backfield than a three- or four-man split. But that two-man split means that neither one of those guys is a must-start. Mm-hmm. And a real possibility that Jalen Hurts scores from the goal line and a real possibility that Rashad Penny is active and gets at least a couple touches. Boston Scott has a concussion, uh, probably not going to play in this game. So uh, I think Penny will be active. But yeah, you could see all three of those guys on the field. I'm with you. I think if they're both active, we're not playing uh, any of them. Yep. If Gainwell sits again, which would be a surprise at this point, then uh, obviously we're going back to switch. I think if they, if one ESPN bet is available, our new sports book, we should be able to bet whether a player will score on a tush push. Oh, yeah. I like the tush push. Yeah. I kind of want, uh, th- yeah. there was one last night. Yeah. Uh, was it Purdy? I think did it or, yeah. or was it Joe? It was Maybe Daniel it was Jones. Jones. Yeah. And it almost did not work. Right. And I was like, I want that. Like as an Eagles fan, I want it to not work because they're going to outlaw it. If everyone's just doing it and it's automatic, if it's like a hundred percent automatic so far, it feels yeah, automatic. I know, but I want it to not be, I just want it to be an Eagles thing. So, oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. so they don't outlaw it. If it just, again, if it, it's one of them things that's like automatic, they're going to get rid of it at some mm. point. If you were in a deep league, just to pay off some of like our 16 teamers, we talk about the war room league and you have to start one of these running backs. Are you going oh, with that's a tough DeAndre call. Swift or, or Kenneth Gainwell? <laughs> I realize we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here. 
You know, I I flip have. Is, is that what it is? You're the coin flip. for me. Yeah, that's it, how, that's where it is. It really me. is. I have gained while well one spot ahead for the reason you laid out, which is he won the job. But it like he's not a hundred percent right now, so I have no issue. And who's better player? Swift. Who's better football player? I think I think Swift is. The Eagles yeah. disagree, but right. I think it's Swift. Well, after last week, they might not disagree. That's a good point. So that's yeah. usually yeah. the way that like you know that tends to be a reasonable tiebreaker is if you think the number of touches could be similar, who's the more explosive player? DeAndre Swift. But mm-hmm. coin flip. I'll tell you coin what, flip. You need help with that coin flip field. You can go to trophysmack.com. They got a start sit coin that you can flip to be able to figure out what you need <laughs> to do awesome. for do your fantasy really? lineup. They that absolutely is awesome. Do. You know what? <laughs> like, um, like, um, we need to get that for the show. There was a we coin really that someone gave my wife and I, when we had our first child and it was supposed to be like, you flip it to see if it like lands. It's like, uh, whichever side it lands on mom or dad changes the next diaper. Oh, no. And I'm pretty sure someone gave us a coin where it said like, um, like one side was like dad's turn. The other side was not mom's turn. Not, yes. And so I just, but right. I'm, I'm the dumb. It took me like three weeks to figure that out. I was like, Mike tells Worst me that ever. regression to the yeah. mean supposed to take place. So Why am funny. I changing every diaper? Oh, that's so good. I love it. All right. Can, now we're going to talk about the Steelers. All right. Let's that's okay. I don't know what to do here. This I like you ask if it's okay. Well, because yeah. I've tried I've, a couple times. I've tried it. You're and so I've generous. Like, yeah. Oh, I just want to be nice. We yeah. all want to be good to each other. I know. I have, I've been so frustrated. Yeah. As a Najee Harris manager, the first two weeks have been awful, especially watching Jalen Warren, who, of mm-hmm. course, we did have buzz about in draft season. Mm-hmm. Watch him be so good here in week two, guys. So help me figure out when I'm looking at these Steelers running backs, are we in a true committee at this point where we're, we're looking at a work split between Najee and Jalen Warren? Well, the, first of all, I'll say this real 2022 Cowboys vibes here. Uh, interesting Pollard, yeah. type of it definitely gives me vibes especially watching and by the way harris it's a very small sample but he's averaging like five yards per carry again small sample but he's running it okay i think one of it was that 4.6 yeah that big run but if you watch the game and including monday night one of them just looks better and more explosive than the other and that was the same vibes we've had with the cowboys yeah, the guy Tony that was Pollard taken in the better. eighth round yes the undrafted, the undrafted guy free not the first round pick yes yeah. he no. just looks like the better player so uh so far the steelers seem to agree that harris is no longer a feature back 62 snaps for harris to 47 it's for crazy. warren it's harris crazy. has a six, yep 16 yep. to 9 edge and carries touches though 19 to 18 it's basically an even split in fact warren is second on the steelers with in uh, in targets so far neither scored a touchdown so far because they've been kind of struggling out of the gate i do have harris ranked a couple spots higher but it's three spots a three mm, spot gap that is crazy. as close as it's been since uh, warren since the start of last season when warren joined the team so yeah real concerns here about harris's upside Najee harris has 713 career touches what do you think his longest play from scrimmage is? Don't in do his this. career? Don't do oh this. my goodness. Uh 22 yards. I don't know. I'm gonna say okay. 75 just to make it fun. 37. Well, that's gross. Zero 40 yard runs in his career, zero receptions longer than 25 yards in his career. Wow. Volume, baby. Volume. It's just and yeah. the volume wow. is no longer dominant. And so it's how not can there? you call Najee Harris a dominant football player? I remember I got remember this. Uh, well, never mind. It's just Gosh, uh, yeah, I mean, it has 2022 Cowboys vibes. Harris is a little bit of a Trent Richardson vibe Which, there, by the too. Way, right. coming, by the way, in college, when he averaged six yards per carry, his longest career run, 53. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just don't think that gear is there for Najee. He's a, he's a capable player, no doubt. But for fantasy purposes, his value has dropped about as much as anybody's so far in those first, like, 15 or so running backs drafted. Yeah, he's just a reliable, basically an innings eater at this point. 
That's kind of the role he and plays. Nice. You know what, Mike? Like I'm so wow. glad that you know like that. what that means. Good, good yeah. Reliever. I do used to watch baseball. Sport? Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you know what innings eater references? It's a highlight reference. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, but I used to watch watch the baseballs. Yeah, but I mean that's that's just what it feels like right now. He's gonna he's not gonna go away. He's one of two fantasy relevant running backs, really one that's a starter currently that has not missed a game the last two seasons. He's played in all Devin Singletary. 34. That's right. Devin Singletary. I, I listened to you. I listened to Mike when oh, he says okay. that. Yeah. Uh, are we at the point now, Mike Clay, where after what George Pickens and we all knew he was going to do it against the 49ers. We? Well, some sure. of us did after we saw that performance as George Pickens now without Deontay Johnson in the lineup. A lineup lock. Yeah, he is. And by the way, that board bet was looking great for me until he caught that like 60 some yard touchdown. Yeah. We were like, that's what he said. It's going to take one touchdown, one touchdown to, that move, was it. to do it. And it did, of course, four for 127 and a score in that game. Career high 10 targets. He's played almost 90% of the snaps this season. That was a trend late last season as well. Uh, and just dominating the targets. So he is five more than Jalen Warren, who I just mentioned, second on the team. Also tracing back to last season, a touchdown in three of his last five games. So love that. Uh, he's definitely. Trending toward that breakout, not top 20 for me just yet, but with Johnson out, he should be locked in. Yeah. There's been some debate in the past on this show and other platforms about who the best athlete in the history of the Brooks school is. Hmm. My wife, Chapin and Pat Fryermuth, the two top contenders. Well, with just two catches in the first two weeks of the season, I think uh, the answer is, yeah, might be Chapin. is Chapin, we have the pretty answer. clearly <laughs> the top athlete. So um, he's a good football player, man. I don't know why he has had such a low target share so far this season. How many yards does he have? I think it's six, five. Yeah. Okay. Two, five, yeah. five, two for five with the touchdown, <laughs> two for five with the touchdown. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. And I'm not, uh, we have only a little bit of time left, so it doesn't have to be a long conversation. General thoughts here. How do you feel about Kenny Pickett? And I'm not trying to dunk on mm. you. Like, yeah, you were optimistic on him. I'm legitimately no, curious. Early, yeah. Like, do you think, do you think it's just too small of a sample size or have there been any encouraging signs? It's been way different than what I was expecting. It, uh, yeah, I mean, they have faced what might be two top five defenses so far in okay. uh, in the 49ers and the Browns. So yeah, I will. That's totally I want to see what he does against the Raiders this week. This okay. is a good matchup for this whole offense. We know the Raiders have many defensive problems. If he really struggles in this game or they mm-hmm. get upset, travel. I mean, they are traveling out west. It's ne- never easy, but uh, I'm going to. I'll panic a little bit after this game. I still think there's some hope there. Not as good as I hoped. I thought they'd be a little better, but week one just got away from them right away. Game plan was gone. Amazing how we're talking about the Steelers and it's like their first round pick this year. Project Jones has played three, four snaps. The first round pick last year, Kenny Pickett has struggled. The first round pick the year before that, Najee Harris, is mm-hmm. basically a timeshare back. And With they're an one drafted free agent. <laughs> they're one and one. And like, you know, I, know. I mean, this team, they're, they're, it's the Mike Tomlin thing. Yeah. Um, one more note on Firemuth, though. I will say this. Fourth in the NFL in end zone targets. He is three. So maybe some hope there. If the targets go back up, which we wow. would expect. I mean, his target share is super low, but at least he's getting work near the goal line. Yeah, That's to be some, clear, the, something the to headline here. Chapin's still the goat. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He has to convert on them first. She would have caught at least. Well, he caught, he scored one. She would have caught at least two. So my, 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 my 20 month old does not have great hands so far. Not yet. But so what we've been able to find <laughs> playing a little catch with her. Uh-huh. Chapin has great hands though. Right. But, but Kinley, the throw a ball her way tough she's more of a redirector i was yeah maybe a defensive Mm -hmm. back yeah she could be a deep back that's right that's what we're looking at that's it (laughs) that's the one all right here on fantasy focus football field jades mike clay and daniel dopp with the last little bit our starts of the week here in week three wrapping up our week three preview field give us our starts of the week and when we talk about this it's not obvious must starts right otherwise we'd say patrick mahomes right yes we're talking about guys that are flex plays that are maybe farther down your list someone you could try this week if you needed someone that wasn't obvious yeah so jake browning's my pick for this week <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> 
in your uh, super, <laughs> super breaking flex some league? Yeah. Three quarterbacks. Yes. Three quarterback league. Uh, we'll have a big, big show on Monday. We, we do touch on Monday Night Football always on Monday. Mm-hmm. Probably give it a bit more heft because there are two games and some serious question marks, including Joe Burrow. Yep. Watch fantasy football now on Sunday morning. Uh, my answer is Zach Moss, though. Colts running back who uh, last week played all but what one or two snaps like one yeah I think one all snap. but one I all but one was. snap for the Colts which is an unusual workload for any player we saw the 49ers kind of take away some of CMC snaps last night because you can't keep doing that that often that being said the Colts backfield does not have the depth that the 49ers backfield has Moss impressed and I know Mike and I talked about this on Wednesday if you missed it here's your chance to hear it if you heard it sorry for repeating it but Zach Moss is no scrub. Third round pick. I would mm-hmm. like coming out of college out of Utah. So good opportunity here for him in a game for the Colts that uh, without Anthony Richardson probably increases the odds of him getting goal line slash red zone work just a little bit. Would you say he's good enough now that you'll spell his name right in emails? Wow. wow. That's, that was very so? funny. Okay. Does he re- earn that level of respect You know what? Now? Let's do this right now. <laughs> How do you spell Zach Moss's last name? Pass the Z. The Z. Pass the Z. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just spell Zach Moss. Zach what? Z-A what? Z-A-C-K. Okay. How about Zach Efron? Z-A-C. How about Zach Wilson? Z-A-C-H. How about Zach I, Morris? I don't know. The point is that it's hard. <laughs> is there's it like nine different different. There's like, well, I guess there's three, but there's three different spellings of the same name. Could be Z-A-K. There could be a, a Zach right. out there That's like that. Like yeah, a there's a Zach. Our, our buddy Zach Kiefer does a great job That's covering That's the athletic one. Z-A-K. Okay. So here's the bottom line, uh, by the well, way. Some uh, of us take our job seriously. That's, That's all really we what just care is. about Anthony these guys. Richardson, by the way, not practicing again today. So oh, it'll great. be Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Thanks, Field. Mike, what about you? Who's your start of the week for this week? Mine is Nico Collins, N-I-C-O. Collins. Collins. Wow, Katie just spelled Collins. Collins. K A W L I N Z. Collins. Nico Collins. Dope. The first two weeks. Yeah, tight, or Mike. Uh, tight end six so far. A pair of top twenty fives, top ten in targets, catches, yards, and air yards are getting in the ball vertically downfield. Yes, they're they they a ton of offensive plays. Those will come down a little bit, but if he keeps up with these these uh, this volume, he's going to be fine. Since returning from injury in week ten last season, he's averaging nine point three targets per game. He's been the centerpiece of this offense, regardless of the quarterback. Jacksonville's allowed two big ga- fantasy games to receivers so far. Pittman and Sky Moore both had at least 16 points. I think Collins has a chance to be the third in a row. I love that Lock call. Him in. And I'm going to go with Michael Thomas as my start of the week. Guy has gotten volume the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Seven yes. targets in week one, nine targets in week two, at least double-digit fantasy points through week one and week two. He is mm-hmm. looked at by Derek Carr in this offense. Like him as a flex play that you could utilize here in week three. So really like Michael Thomas, someone that you can utilize and not have to feel bad about in your fantasy lineup. I'm with you. Five plus catches in every game since the start of last season. All you of them. That. 100%. How many games is that? That's... Um, 100 percent of the games. Yeah, 100. I, I think it's the way to say reason, that. Oh, I thought in our league that I'm playing against Mike that uh, I have Nico Collins and he was trying to reverse jinx me. Um, You're talking about the show league where Mike's 0 and 4, or the different league. Slow start for Mike. He'll be okay. Yeah, that's how um, bad my team is. I'm 0 and 4 in a three week, two, 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 two weeks. Two, two, yeah. It doesn't feel good. Uh, if anybody <laughs> in the, in my uh, veterans league wants to trade me a single healthy running back, that would be great. I have a kicker to offer you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to trade me a running back, uh, please. I got the business handed to me by Matt Nice last week. He grinded it out because, uh, well, Pat Farmworth had a bagel on Monday night. Yeah, that makes it tough. I needed seven points. I got zero. <sighs> what are you I lost by there? one point in that league. Last Did you week. in the veterans I need, league? I need, in, no, in the uh, in the focus. Oh, league in the focus. League. League. I lost okay. by one point in multiple leagues. Our dynasty league as well. 
I need Christian Watson back. How come you just don't set better say lineups? Matthew, that's so weird that you yeah, bring that up tough. right now. Yeah, you know, that's I weird. lost. So, I am playing know. Matthew this week, actually. Oh, oh, oh wow. Second highest scoring team of the week. Yeah, second and... highest. This guy, this guy had the had the gall to start Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> he did start like, him against me. I couldn't believe wow. it. <laughs> and, and he also started, you know, a Puka Nakua. Like, who gets that guy off waiver wires? Gosh. Embarrassing. Just I have him. Better. I have him in the Dynasty League. I love so, it. There you go. Just get better. Do you? All right. Yeah. Did you draft him or not? I think it was a late round flyer in our rookie draft. You are so smart. It bothers me how smart you guys are. Thanks, man. I really regret being in a dynasty league with Mike Clay. I'm not going to lie about that. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Shout out to all you on E2. Thank you for coming in and hanging out. We love you guys so much. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We will see you on Sunday morning. FF now. See you later. Talk to you on Monday. Sunday. Both. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see you Sunday and Monday. You know what? I'll see you tomorrow too. Why not? See you every day. College football. He's a NASCAR guy with a base to try. A Langford fan for life. Chargers are off to a terrible start. But that won't change his mind. Matching up all the cornerbacks. Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to 